As always, Jordan Maywood, the lackadaisical liberal cubicleist. Today is Monday. Today is Monday. I think you have to, uh, when you say that sentence, kind of bring it down with each word. Today is Monday. Uh, January the 7th. We are back to our first uh, full week of episodes in I can't remember how long. It's been a long, long time. Because uh, just days off have been uh, cutting down the episode output. Yeah, yeah, let's let's say it like that. Uh, today, Monday, within the Liberal Cube, of course means it is Movie Monday. Movie Monday, in which we discuss movies. <laughs> if you thought I was going to say something else, um, you have some sort of mental faculty problem. So, good luck with that. One thing uh, I always try to say, especially on Mondays and Tuesdays, is that there will most likely be spoilers. So, uh, if I start talking about a movie that you haven't seen... Uh, if you're never going to see it and don't desire to see it, feel free to listen. If you don't care about spoilers, again, feel free to listen. I will not necessarily give out spoilers, uh, but I better throw it out just in case, right? Better to be safe than spoiled. Today's sponsor is Mrs. Pink's Reservoir Dog E-Daycare. Once again, today's sponsor is Mrs. Pink's Reservoir Dog E-Daycare, where our motto is, rough in the middle with you. Okay, so uh, today is sort of my ideal movie Monday, in which I have brought back six movies. Yeah. Three on the drive to work, and three on the drive home from work seems to me uh, the sort of perfect amount. I could have, uh, I did have seven movies, but I just moved one over to next movie Monday. How about that? For a little, uh, little behind-the-scenes look there for you. The first movie, I actually mentioned last movie Monday, but couldn't remember the name. The name of the movie is Zeitgeist. The Zeitgeist. Uh, it is a documentary broken up into three parts, which I did not realize uh, when I started watching it. I thought it was just about the first topic of the movie, which was religion and um, why it is crazy, <laughs> basically. Uh, it didn't go into every religion. Uh, sort of mostly focused its anti-craziness of religion-osities on uh, Christian religions. One of the sort of main underlying points that they made in the first uh, section of this movie, part one, as they called it, um, was how the Christian religion 
um, has taken so uh, liberally from many, many other religions, including the Egyptian religion, that they are virtually identical. I want, I hope, and I wish that uh, every single person on Earth <laughs> will watch the first section of this movie, and it will just blow your mind away. I think if you are not religious, if you are not religious, this uh, first section of this movie will um, make you feel good <laughs> about that decision. If you are on the fence, it will tip you. And if you are religious, um, it at the very least, I hope, would make you ask um, some questions about why you are religious. This uh, first section of the movie, I would give a 6 out of 5. If uh, the whole movie focused on this, it would be a 6 out of 5 movie for me. However, uh, it also had, did two other subjects. Uh, part 2 of the movie was 9-11, uh, the, uh, the terrorist attack on 9-11, and the last section of the movie was all about sort of um, American economics and things like that, which I have zero interest in in American economics. So I watched it, but uh, that section I would give a 2. Uh, the 9-11 section it was kind of uh, high on the on the 9-11 conspiracy side, which, um, I don't know, I, I guess uh, makes you think about different possibilities of what happened that day. I'm usually not a uh, conspiracy guy, so I don't know. Uh, that section I'd give a 3 out of 5. So overall, the movie will have to bring it down to 4. Since it is available on Netflix, I hope you have a Netflix account and uh, you could just watch the first part and get yourself a 6 out of 5 experience. The movie is Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. Okay, the next film is one that the missus and I watched. I uh, had heard about it a little bit. She also had heard of it, so we decided to make it our uh, Saturday night movie. As we watch... Uh, a movie basically every Saturday, 90% of the time. Let's let's go. Uh, the movie was The Watch, starring, I uh, didn't write them down, <laughs> uh, if you've listened to any other episodes, which I assume you have, and this is not your first, because it would be kind of weird to make the first episode you listen to, episode, what is this, 44? Uh, I am bad, bad, bad with names. So, let's see if I can get the names right here. Ben Stiller. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Whoa. Uh, Vince Vaughn. And I know I'm not going to get the, the last guy. Which is a shame, because the last guy kind of uh, stole the show. He is... Uh, I knew him because I uh, watched the series The IT Crowd. Um, can't remember his name, though. He's an English uh, bloke, let's call him. He's a bloke, yeah. Bloke kind of sounds like it would be bad. You bloke. But no, that's a good thing. 
Um, he uh, sort of stole the show from these three big names, in my opinion. The movie is about The Watch, which is a neighborhood watch in a sort of a typical super suburban cookie-cutter housing neighborhood. Uh, ben Stiller works at a Costco, which um, I wonder how much they had to pay Costco in order to use, because Costco features really fairly prominently in the movie. There's a couple of scenes I don't think I've ever been in a Costco. The missus has, though, and there's a couple of scenes in the Costco where there's, like, people looking at, like, individual grapefruits, which uh, she says that is impossible in a Costco because it's one of those places where you go and you'll buy, you know, a skid full of diapers. <laughs> well, that might be exaggerating. Um, a 50-pound bag of rice, or it's all sort of in bulk, and they do not offer, you know, I'd like to buy this grapefruit, please. One of those places, oh, fuck, man, people keep cutting me off today. Um, one of those places where you need a membership in order to shop there. It's, a, it's an interesting business model. We watched uh, the Mrs. and I once, a kind of documentary on Costco, and uh, it was interesting. Anyways, back to the watch. Uh, it was very funny. It, um, let's see if I can do this without giving too much away. Ben Stiller, working at the Costco, um, says goodbye to the Night Watchman uh, one day. And when he comes in the next day, the Night Watchman has been murdered. Murdered most foul. And that sort of kicks it off to why they want to uh, develop their, their uh, neighborhood watch. Do neighborhood watches actually exist? I've seen signs that say neighborhood watch, but um, I've never actually, in all my shady dealings and, and vandalisms, <laughs> allegedly, uh, I've never had anyone say, freeze, it's a neighborhood watch. Uh, so I don't know. Curious. Okay, so I guess I'll give away, because it gets given away pretty early in the movie, that... Um, the security guard was murdered by aliens. So that's where this movie sort of take a, takes a turn from the crazy to the even crazier. Uh, so Ben Stiller, because he uh, is apparently a big fan of starting groups, this is one of many, uh, decides to start a neighborhood watch. Vince Vaughn and Jonah Hill join up. Because basically they're just, well, Vince Vaughn is looking to uh, just have some fun, hang out with a bunch of guys, drink some beers. He's got an awesome uh, man cave, so that was nice. That's where they did their neighborhood watch meetings. Um, Jonah Hill joins because he tried out to be the uh, a cop for this, for this uh, cookie cutter town, suburban town, and was denied. So he thought maybe he'd get his cop jollies off by joining the watch and maybe impressing the cops and eventually joining them. He was uh, it was a, kind of an odd role for him because he played, instead of his normal self, he had lost a shit ton of weight, man, uh, and played sort of a badass guy. So that was strange to see Jonah Hill play a badass. <laughs> uh, sort of against type. Which I like when, when that happens. And then the third guy, uh, the guy from the IT crowd, English bloke, 
I'm sorry I can't remember his name, because he stole the show, and uh, was the most funny. He joined because, um, <laughs> if I said that, that would totally give it away. Let me just leave it at saying that he joined, and uh, the reason he joined, I predicted, and turned out to be true at the end of the movie. So, there you go. I mentioned that when I make a prediction in a movie and I'm right, I actually don't like it. I like to be surprised. Um, however, in this movie, I felt pretty uh, vindicated because it was sort of a strange leap to take when I made this prediction about this guy. <laughs> so uh, there you go. Did the review with uh, basically no spoilers. Pretty good. Uh, I will give the movie four out of five. Very, very funny. Uh, the missus said, yeah, it's okay. So I think for her, that's also a four out of five. Alright, getting close to home, uh, throw in the last movie. Oh, uh, the missus and I watched this one as well. Laying in bed, just ch chillaxing. Uh, it is called Not Another Teen Movie. Uh, this is a movie I've seen before. In fact, I think I've seen it. This was my third viewing. Uh, love this movie. I remember when it came out back in the 90s, I guess it was, I think. Um... It was sort of a movie that was making fun of all of the teen movies that came out around this time. Uh, sort of a spoof movie. However, it turned out, at least from my point of view, being much, much better than all the movies it was spoofing, which is not always necessarily the case. The main girl in this is, my god, super, super friggin' hot to the ninth degree sort of my uh, ideal-looking hot woman type, the uh, dark-haired beauty with glasses, um, sort of like the missus, oh, oh, dark-haired beauty with glasses. They, uh, in one point in the movie, they give her a sort of super makeover. Uh, the makeover is her um, taking off her glasses and taking out her ponytail. And uh, she still looks good, don't get me wrong, but I actually liked her better in her glasses and ponytail. Super, super hot. Um, the, uh, the highlights of the movie is that it is super funny, though. It's, uh, it's about how um, this... Uh, how would you describe him? Uh, like, captain of the football team, um, super popular guy, makes a bet, as happens in movies, to... Uh, says he could take any woman in the school and then uh, turn her into the prom queen just by him dating her kind of uh, kind of idea. Which, again, it's a spoof, so it is taking that idea of uh, a guy making a bet about a girl, and then over the course of the bet, he ends up falling in love. Oh. And then uh, comes to regret making the bet because he's in love with her. She finds out, shit falls apart, and then the movie ends with um, them getting back together. And they live happily ever after. There's a, a lot, a shit ton, yeah, we'll go a shit ton, because I like saying that, um, of recognizable names in this movie, people who went on to do other things. Um, seems like every scene you'll see someone you recognize. We watched it on TV, which I don't know why, because I have it on DVD. It's one of those sort of lazy line in bed, let's watch this things. So they edited out a lot of the funny R-rated 
stuffs. Um, so, if you watch this movie, go for the unrated version. I will give this movie 5 out of 5. Love it. You got hot girls, you got, you got comedies, you got lots of uh, people you'll recognize in a, in a movie from the 90s. Hey, what's not to like? What's not to like about this podcast? I'll tell you what. Email me to the email address provided in the closing credits and uh, let me know what you think. I'm going to go in to work and do eight hours of said work and meet you back here for the other three movies. Exciting. Love you, Jerry's. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. Back. We are back. Back in action. Hello again. Okay, so that was uh, seven and a half hours of work because uh, every once in a while the boss man, the very, very kind boss man, will uh, let me leave a little early. We've got sort of a, as we have described it, a, a give and take relationship in that uh, every day I am at work, and this is basically my own choice, I've always been like this. Uh, at work 15 to 20 minutes early. That's just my freakish nature. Uh, and then, probably if I had to guess, we'll go 85 to 90% of the time. I'm just so busy in the mornings, I don't have time for a break, so I don't take that. And then in the afternoons, it's kind of half and half busy to the point where I don't have time for a break. So, he knows that, and with that in mind, occasionally we'll throw out a, uh, you could go home now if you like, and I appreciate it. Thus ends Jordan's work talk on this Movie Monday. Let's move back in to the Libro Cube and talk about movies. We got three in the morning, we got three for the drive home. Very um, symmetrical, I guess you could, uh, you could call it. The next movie I watch was called The Way. The Way. Uh, available on Canadian Netflix. Starring Mr. Martin Sheen. Um, his son in this movie, who, uh, although does not have a large role, appears every once in a while, is played by his son, <laughs> Emilio Estevez. Emilio Estevez. Yes. That always confused me, that whole Sheen Estevez naming thing. What's the deal with that? Jerry Seinfeld might say. Or more accurately, what's the deal with Charlie Sheen, Emilio Estevez, and Martin Sheen? Will you pick a name and just stick with it for the whole family? Ooh. Airplane peanuts. Ooh. Uh, yeah. So, it's that was kind of a little interesting tidbit that he played his son in the movie. Uh, let's see what to say about this movie. Uh, so Martin Sheen and his son Emilio Estevez play a sort of estranged father and son. The father is kind of that buttoned-down, uh, by-the-book guy. Um, and Emilio Estevez, these are obviously not their names in the movie, uh, Emilio Estevez plays a sort of 
fly by the seat of your pants. Uh, Wonderlust definitely got the itchy feet syndrome, likes to travel. Uh, son, who sort of a disappointment to his father because he's not. Um, what's his father? His father's a optometrist, and he was hoping a son that got into the game, the healthcare game, which I imagine with a lot of doctors. I uh, hope their sons and daughters get into doctoring. Is that probably a safe assumption? I, I think it is. Maybe, possibly. I don't know. It's not like when you're, I don't know, let's say, a, what's a shitty profession? Ooh, let's piss people off and say what a shitty profession is. When you're a roofer, yes, a roofer, probably you're not going to hope and pray that uh, your offspring also joins the roofing game, I imagine. The reason I pick roofer is just because when I see them up there, when it's 90 degrees out, 100 degrees out, and they're up on the roof carrying shingles with the hot tar and just buckets of sweat pouring off, that's like my nightmare job. I am, like today, right now, it's minus one, and I'm comfortable. I don't mind a, I don't mind a minus one, but when it, uh, when it gets, let's see, 25... Oh, yeah, see, I'm going back and forth between uh, Fahrenheit and Celsius. So when it's uh, 30 degrees and they're up on the roof, okay, got that. And when it's uh, here and it's, I like a, a 20 degrees, that's probably my ideal, 19, 20. All right, so that's Jordan's weather talk, or temperature talk. Anyways, that was a tangent. We never did come up with that tangent theme song for when I went on a tangent and didn't talk about what I was supposed to be talking about. No one won that. No one won that contest, the write me in for a good song for a tangent. Uh, so, contest's still open. Uh, what do you win? You win bragging rights to say that the song that you sent in for when I go on a tangent is used as my tangent theme. That's a tangent to a tangent there. Anyways, The Way. Yes, back to movies. You got father and son estranged, which me and my father are estranged, so there you go. And then the son, while hiking in Spain, perishes. Mm. Otherwise known as dies. So uh, Martin Sheen goes to pick up his son's remains. He uh, has him cremated, and then, uh, definitely sort of spur of the moment, was not planning this, sort of as his son would probably do, oh, interesting, uh, decides to take off, take up where his son left off on this trek, uh, and do it himself with his son's remains with him. Um, again, sort of as he is going, decides that when he comes across any sort of churches or graveyards or kind of things that strike him, his son would uh, like to be left at, I guess he would say. Uh, he leaves some of his remains. Very, very sad. Uh, as he is doing this, he sort of picks up along the road a uh, couple of companions. So it's got that sort of um, somber journey. Yeah, that's probably a good a good two-word description of this movie. A somber journey. 
the people who sort of tag along with him. Uh, first is a Dutchman, sort of a roly-poly Dutchman guy. He is on the trek because he wants to lose a little poundage. He's, uh, he's funny, sort of the comic relief of the movie, definitely. Then he comes across a woman, a Canadian woman, actually, being from Canada. Uh, I like that. She was sort of uh, acerbic, uh, chain-smoking, which is not really when I think of Canadians. They're nice people, so I don't really think of the someone like this. But hey, there's all kinds of Canadians, I suppose. And then lastly, a Irish poet. Irish poet. So uh, with the Irish, unlike with the Canadian, they kind of went a little more stereotypical. The, uh, I should mention, <laughs> and maybe offend people, the drunken Irish poet. Uh, and they all uh, sort of join this journey with Martin Sheen. And um, there's there's laughs, there's cries, there's uh, it's just a very good movie. I liked it very much. I'll go four to five. Okay, so we'll move on to a scary movie. This was a movie that the missus and I watched. Uh, as I've mentioned in past episodes... She is a super, super big fan of the scary movies. Anyway, uh, this one also available on Canadian Netflix. It is called Session 9. Session 9. It is about a group of, uh, I forget what you would call them, there's people who go to buildings when old buildings are filled with asbestos, uh, and will clean out the asbestos, because if you know anything about asbestos, you will know, probably if you know anything, you will know that it causes cancer. Uh, it is, was, used uh, a lot in uh, construction materials, I think primarily uh, insulation of things. What it does to you, they, they kind of went into a little bit of a description, is I think it is just, and I could be wrong, uh, just causes lung cancer? I'm not sure if it causes any other kind of cancers. Hmm. It's not even so much uh, asbestos itself that causes cancer. It's almost uh, like it's just asbestos dust that causes cancer because it can then be inhaled, and once it is inhaled, it kind of uh, grabs a hold of the inside of your lungs and will, I'm not going to have the proper medical terms, but will become, uh, let's say, tumescent. Oh, that's, that's, a good, that's a good, smart sounding word. And uh, will, will slash can cause lung cancer. Very, very nasty stuff, which uh, has not been used since uh, the Oh, geez. I don't know if I could put an accurate date on it. Sometimes when uh, the missus and I watch Homes on Homes, occasionally we'll come across a really old house that will have uh, asbestos, uh, and it's always a big, big hassle. So there's companies now that will remove it. Uh, in the case of Session 9, it is a company that has to remove it from... Uh, this is where it gets horror-y. Uh, remove it from a... Uh, closed down a sane asylum. Ooh. Uh, I love 
uh, an insane asylum as a setting for uh, just about anything, really. I think we talked about on a third video games day, maybe, or a book Wednesday. Something I read or watched or something was in an insane asylum. Oh, I know what it was. It was uh, Doctor Who, the Asylum of the Daleks. And I mentioned then and will now that anytime you get uh, an asylum involved with your creation, I will like it. It just seems to be the case. I wonder why that is. Hmm. Interesting. So, uh, it's this group of guys who are uh, working their way to clean up the asbestos in this asylum. And um, one of them, who I think is kind of the guy who gets the ball rolling, is a guy who is just a big snoop and <laughs> finds some tapes. Not like 8-track tapes. Not like cassette tapes. Like, even older than that. Tapes in which um, one of the women who was um, in the asylum went and did her uh, therapy sessions, a total of nine of them, if you will. Uh, so that was sort of the underlying scary backdrop. Uh, what else can I say about this? One thing that was funny for the missus and I, that was kind of like our ongoing joke through the whole movie, was that these guys put a bid in to do this work in this asylum, um, and everyone was saying, ah, it would take three weeks, it would take four weeks. Um, and then these guys in, went in with a bid of two weeks, and um, the guy who was accepting bids like, oh yeah, that's pretty good, that's pretty good. And then they said, okay, okay, we'll do it in one week. Which uh, all the guys, except for the one doing the bidding, thought was impossible. So that being said, the ongoing joke between the missus and I was like, these guys did virtually zero work this entire week, it seemed like. They were always off searching for shit, or <laughs> there was one point where the guy, one of the guys was really pissed off at the other guy and says, fine, you can go to the bathroom, but you only get 25 minutes. And <laughs> I don't know about you, but when you're at work and it's busy, do you get 25 minutes to go to the bathroom? That's like even number even number two. That's that's pretty generous. And he was pissed off, so we were we were thinking if he was not pissed off, you get a solid uh, two hours per bowel movement. Uh, the movie ended pretty coolly ish. A little twist at the end. I won't give it away because uh, a couple of reasons. I'm cautious, cloche like to home, and uh, don't quite remember what it was. What exactly the twist was. Huh. But it was twisty. Mm -hmm. Uh, pretty scary. I'll go for rating three out of five. Yeah. Once you kind of got the gist of the movie, it stopped being as scary, and then, man. The last movie is called... It's kind of a funny story. Uh, this also, I just realized takes place in, for lack of a better word, an asylum. Not exactly. It's more just a, a, a ward of a hospital in which people who have mental problems are held. Mental problems that are not dangerous to really themselves or others. So just kind of um, depression or uh, schizophrenia, but not severe um, 
suicidal thoughts, stuff like that. So we go from Session 9, Scary Evil Asylum, to this one, which was sort of a more heartwarming, drama-y mental ward. <laughs> there you go. So it seems maybe I have some sort of a ses- obsession with this as a setting. Huh. Uh, the story of this, I didn't write down any of the actors. Um, there was a kid uh, who I've never seen before. Probably he played a 16-year-old. And uh, the only really known actor that I recognized was Zach Galifianakis. Zachy Galifianakis, who I'm a huge, huge fan of. That was uh, really the only reason I do decided to watch this. I had never heard about it, didn't know what it was about, but uh, again, on Canadian Netflix, available. I pulled her up, saw Zach Galifianakis's face, and said, yes please, clicked her, and uh, enjoyed the movie. I'm going to go, uh, we'll get the rating out of the way. Uh, you know what, I think uh, I'll go four out of five. It was really good, watched it on Sunday. Um, we've spoke before uh, about Sunday movies and how you're kind of looking for something different on a Sunday. Um, and this was fit nicely into that category. So I go, if you watch it on a Sunday, we'll give it four to five. If you watch it on any other day, uh, we'll go three to five. It's just sort of that mellow little comedy, little drama uh, about this kid who's just super, super stressed out and checks himself into this, uh, again, for lack of a better word, we'll go mental ward, because he's uh, suffering from depression, thinking of killing himself. We've all been there, right? (sighs) (laughs) Um, Meets up uh, in the mental ward with Zach Galifianakis, a host of other strange characters, had that sort of one flew over the cuckoo's nest vibe, uh, in that respect, and then met a girl. <laughs> I remember being in a mental ward, and I did not meet any girls that I wanted to associate with. Anyways, uh, we'll end her on that note because I'm at home. It is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Come the day you're mine Live long and prosper